Welcome to the Calvary Podcast, a ministry of Calvary Episcopal Church recorded live in Memphis. The Calvary Podcast is weekly sermons, but also conversations, reflections, and provocations about the mystery of God and what it means to be human in the world in need of repair. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Maggie and Matthew, parents of baby Patrick, who we will baptize in a few minutes, met for a time of baptismal preparation earlier this week. They were joined by Patrick's godparents, Brittany and Jonathan. Matthew asked a really good question. He asked if each child or adult being confirmed in the Episcopal Church takes on the name of a saint, as in the Roman Catholic tradition. And while that is not something we do formally, an informal spiritual practice that many do find helpful is discovering a particular saint who serves as a guide to help inform and deepen one's journey in Christ. While Patrick is named for one of the most resound saints in all of Christendom, he may want to consider a quieter saint, a proposed Saint Barnabas. His original name was Joseph of Cyprus, but when the early apostles recognized his gift for encouraging others, they changed his name. Barnabas means son of encouragement. Barnabas first lived into this name by selling a piece of land that he owned, and he took the money that he received and he laid it at the apostles' feet. It was used to meet the needs of the community. Barnabas teaches us that the gift of encouragement first comes out of the gift of generosity. And this generosity is larger than land or anything material. It is a generosity of spirit, a spirit that wants to see others succeed and prosper. In his Sermon on the Plain, in our Gospel passage from Luke today, Jesus calls the crowd and us not really to tolerate those we perceive as enemies, but to love them. He goes on to say, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. Jesus invites us into a spirit of generosity that sees beyond temporary hostilities. He invites us to use our gift of imagination to see any we consider as enemies through the eyes of God. He invites us even to see our enemies as saints. After Saul of Tarsus, a fierce persecutor of Christians, had his conversion experience with Jesus on the road to Damascus, he returned to Jerusalem to preach and to serve Jesus. But the Christian community there remembered him as their ultimate enemy, the one who sought to kill them, and they would have nothing to do with him. In fact, they were still afraid of him, and they wanted him completely barred from their emerging new life together. It was Barnabas, who inspired by God and with God's help, had the faith and had the courage to reintroduce Saul to the community. Barnabas told them that Saul's conversion experience was genuine, it was real. He told them about the deep inner work in confession in learning, in obedience, 
that Paul did after his conversion experience. Barnabas told him about Saul's many gifts that he was now placing at the feet of Jesus. Because the disciples in Jerusalem trusted Barnabas, based on his endorsement, they now trusted Saul. That is the beginning of the story of how Saul became Paul, the writer of most of the New Testament and the greatest missionary of all time, who led the growth of Christianity throughout the world. It was Barnabas, vouching for Saul, who is the reason we in this place across the globe from Jerusalem are celebrating the Christian faith today. Barnabas teaches us that encouragement involves taking a risk, perhaps even taking a chance on someone you vowed you would never again trust. When news reached Jerusalem that the first Gentile converts to Christianity joined the community in Antioch, the original apostles were again wondering how they could possibly accept old enemies into their fold. To whom did they turn to investigate this new development? They turned to the one they trust. They turned to Barnabas. He went to Antioch and encouraged this emerging community to remain faithful in their devotion to Jesus. He also took the time to uncover their gifts, and he discerned that Paul was God's chosen leader for inspiring and forming these new saints. Barnabas went to Tarsus, found Paul, and brought him to Antioch. And the community grew in numbers and in depth of faith, such that it was first to be given a new name, Christians. Encouragement involves looking for and recognizing the gifts of other people, even gifts we have no idea we possess. Encouragement then involves matching those gifts to the needs of others. The relationship between Barnabas and Paul was not perfect. They had their differences over how far and fast to move with the inclusion of Gentiles. They differed on the participation of young Mark, cousin of Barnabas, in their missionary efforts. Paul and Barnabas agreed to part ways for a while, with Barnabas taking Mark under his wing. While we do not know if Barnabas and Paul fully reconciled, we do know that Paul in his later years referred to Mark as his co-worker, and he wrote, if Mark, cousin of Barnabas, comes to you, welcome him. Perhaps this was Paul's final tribute to Barnabas by mentoring and encouraging Mark, a former adversary, just as Barnabas had done for him. During our Baguette Brothers Bible study on Thursday, one of the brothers described the Beatitudes, today's gospel passage about blessings and woes, as the building blocks for forming our Christian identity, our very DNA. Jesus is letting followers then and today know exactly who we are. In the Beatitudes Jesus hands down to us, we identify with the poor, with the hungry, with those who have experienced or are experiencing loss and grief. When we are reviled and hurt, we even somehow find blessing in that, and we persevere with God's help. We keep going. We keep encouraging. We keep loving. Just as young Patrick's baptismal gown has been handed down from generation to generation for 200 years, our Christian identity of loving, 
even and especially loving our enemies, has been handed down from generation to generation for 2,000 years. We do not know who young Patrick will someday select for his touchstone saint. We are about to pray for him to be given an inquiring and discerning heart, so we are confident he will make a wise and thoughtful choice. Perhaps it will be Barnabas. Perhaps it will be the saint of his given name, Patrick, who went back to Ireland, the land of his enemies who had once enslaved him and became their patron saint. Or perhaps it will be baby Patrick's great-grandfather, Fred, who entered the nearer presence of God on Friday. Fred Goldsmith's ingratiating smile and kind presence made every person who passed by our front desk feel welcome, feel encouraged, and feel a part of a loving, reconciling community. We cannot wait to see who will be young Patrick Saint and to see the saint he will grow into and to see whose saint he will someday become. Amen. If you're curious about Calvary Episcopal Church, we are an eclectic bunch of Christian people who don't all think the same thoughts or dress the same way or vote for the same candidates, or even believe all the same things about the mystery of God and what it means to be human. But we do believe that we need each other because of our differences, not in spite of them, and that God calls us into unity, not uniformity. Subscribe to the Calvary Podcast at calvarymemphis.org slash podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit Calvary in person at the corner of 2nd and Adams in the heart of downtown Memphis, Tennessee.